Thank you for joining Crossway on the With God Pod. Whether you're in your car, in your home, on a walk, or with someone, we're excited that you've joined us for a deeper dive into Scripture, its tough sayings, and the people God used throughout. This year, we're going through the whole Bible, tracing the With God journey through the Bible, through the year, through us. And with that, let's dive into today's episode. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Chris Birch. And I'm Anson Tebow. We have been going through the Life with God Bible and been studying a few really interesting people here and there. And we've also been going through and finding some really weird things and some tough questions. And what's the book we've been uh, looking at? Yeah, we've been using this book called The Hard Sayings of the Bible just to dive a little bit deeper into these uh, different topics. Yeah. And one of the people that we're going to study on Friday and I believe this Sunday uh, is Jacob. And what we find out about Jacob is the dude gets around, (laughs) right? So he has, I believe, several wives. Yeah. Yeah. um, And then there are servants as well that he sleeps with. So what does the Bible have to say and what does God say about polygamy? Yeah, man, it's a really interesting it's a really interesting topic because you see Jacob has multiple wives. Isaac has multiple Solomon. wives. Solomon. Solomon has bear this, seven hundred wives. Ayo and three hundred concubines. Ouch. <laughs> like it, it's crazy. So like we see all throughout the Old Testament these different people and honestly these key people within the scriptures like jacob isaac abraham slept with multiple people right we've got solomon like it's this just topic that these key people are are involved in so we want to dive a little bit a little deeper into this because we keep well, we're going to continue to come across it so what does god actually say about it yeah and there's like there's a couple passages that have been used for for to sort of justify polygamy in the past. So the first is Exodus 21, 1 through 11. It's 10 verses, and I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but it what it does is it attempts to justify a man having multiple wives or taking mm-hmm. multiple wives. Deuteronomy 21, 15 through 17, it gives specific instruction for what should happen if you have multiple wives and how to treat their, chil- treat their children. So it's a little interesting that there is, in Deuteronomy, one of these books that is talking pretty in depth about the law, about the Mosaic law, about the law given. Yeah. Like how should you treat the 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 wife and how should you how should you deal with this when you have multiple wives and and multiple children and, and things like that. And the last one is Second Samuel twelve, seven through eight, which speaks to David being actually given multiple wives in addition to the houses and locations he's been given. Yeah. So this is a weird thing. So like why is why is he given this? Why? How can we actually justify that David, a man who's been described as a man after God's own heart, is given multiple wives? Or Jacob takes two sisters as his wife, mm-hmm. wives. So like he, he takes Leah and then he takes Rachel as his wife. And then, then we have specific directions for what to do if you have multiple wives. But what we do see here is that even if you dive deep into each of these passages, that not a single one of them gives divine permission for this type of marriage. Ooh, yeah. So like it, it's talking about this, it's talking about the actual topic, but it never gives divine permission. And one of the resources that we use states that scripture does not always pause to state the obvious. Yeah. So what we see in the beginning of scripture in Genesis 2.24, that therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. 
And this is like the primary passage that is used to show like what the Bible outlines as a covenant marriage, as a relationship in marriage. And then we see Paul also reiterating this in Ephesians. And, and if you really do a deep dive into marriage within scripture, I mean, you can go into the Song of Solomon, you can go into all these different spots where it is a, it, it is shown as being something between one man and one woman as right. this divine marriage. So there, there is this, this sort of thing of like, all right, when something is stated in scripture, we have to sort of look at it through this lens of what is actually happening within context. Is mm-hmm. this a, is this a command? Is this a, a law that we should follow? Or is this someone narrating a story to tell what is actually happening? Or is it a cultural thing or that we it, don't do it anymore? Exactly. Or is it a cultural thing? So there's a lot of different things that are going on within scripture. And as we read scripture, we need to pay attention to these things. So yep. like Genesis 2.24 is a direct showing of, well, here, here's God's design for marriage. But then when you see polygamy, you actually see, and you can read through these different stories. You can read through Solomon, you can read through David, you could read through Isaac and, and Jacob for out actually how them having polygamous marriages ends up actually hurting them and creating problems and and doing these things. I mean, we see in in Jacob, we're going to study Friday and Sunday this, Rachel and Leah, they're sisters, which makes it a little weirder than than normal polygamous relationships, which are already a little bit weird. But but there's already animosity between them. One can have children, one can't. Leah has a bunch of kids. Rachel has two kids. And granted, Jacob loves Rachel more, so then Rachel has those two kids are the favorite. But like we see how... When something is a human construct, mm-hmm. it ends up bringing sin and bringing destruction and bringing these these things in that when following the way that God has given us actually doesn't bring those things in. Um, so it's it's super it's super unique unique because that because we have this this picture of what God has given us and Scripture has given us because it shows but because of the work of Jesus on the cross. So marriage is this thing that is largely a a picture of God's love for the church. So our union with Christ through Jesus on the cross is this beautiful picture. And then marriage is meant to reflect that. It's this way of sharing the gospel, showing the gospel of one sinner, loving another sinner, becoming one and loving each other. And I love this quote from, from this, uh, this author, Ray Ortland. He says, human marriages are miniature social platforms on which the gospel is to be displayed. Absolutely. It's this beautiful picture that that is saying, hey, here's the gospel that we, I'm a broken person loving this broken person. Right. Like the gospel is that God who isn't broken came down and, and died on the cross for our sin, saved us from our sin, created this way for us to be in relationship with him because we were unable to do it. So this human marriage is this way of saying, yes, you're broken, you're sinful, you will hurt me, you will be broken, but yet I love you and I care for you and I'm going to walk with you. So polygamy, while present in the Old Testament, and actually something that God uses to bring about his story, so even though the brokenness that is polygamy, we see that God uses it because he's using those people and that God's plans are bigger than the ways that we mess up. Um, that, that it's not something that the Bible says, hey, this is what it is. It's rather something, a human construct that has been brought in, and then we see the narrative of this being played out among and in and through Scripture. So it's a really interesting topic, and it's super challenging to sort of wrap our minds around because, you're like, like, Jacob's a pretty big character. Right. He turned, his name 
turns into Israel, which the nation of Israel is the entire Old Testament. Solomon, one of the biggest kings. David, mm-hmm. one, literally a man after God's own heart. Jesus from the line of David. Like we see all these different things. So it's a little challenging to wrap our minds around, but it is, it is a, it is something that we see in Genesis that we get this perfect picture of, hey, here's what God designed marriage to be. Yep. And as we are always finding out with these questions is that the way God designed it always turns out to be kind of the right way, yeah, the best absolutely. way, For and sure. uh, kind of the way that uh, we here are trying to follow. Yeah. So again, Anson, thank you so much for doing the research on this and answering some of these hard questions that we come along in uh, in the Bible. So uh, again, thank you so much. See ya. See you, Chris. Thank you for joining Crossway on the With God Pod. Make sure to catch all our content on Sundays and during the week. See you next time.